children are growing up watching two parents arguing or husband coming back talking to his wife and she's not engaged she's not listening to him or vice versa she comes back and she's saying honey i need to talk about something yeah, yeah yeah he's on his phone he's in his briefcase he's got his computer out kids are sat there what do they see a children is a blank canvas so you grow up and if you watch a couple that never engage never listen to each other never talk or are present with each other the only model of the world you know when it comes to communication is that's and how do you get attention daddy shouts at mommy mommy shouts at daddy okay so maybe i need to do the same thing that's obviously the way to get attention Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hey, it's Harms here, and you're listening to another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. I've got Ro with me, and the question we're going to be answering is, how do I get my partner to listen to me? They're not listening to me. How do I get through to them? How do I get them to actually listen to what I'm saying? Now, that's the title, okay? But we want to expand beyond that, because not only does this apply to your partner, this applies to colleagues, clients, your boss, your children, your friends, your family also. But before we dive into that question, I'm just going to leave you with a quick message from Ro. Hello and greetings, it's Dr. Ro here. Now before we start the podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me on an incredible three-day event called Communicating with Impact. If you're wondering who this might be for, probably the best way to describe it is to ask you the question, are you a parent wanting to communicate more effectively with your children? Do you run a business and you want to attract more money into your business, more clients, increase your sales in your business? It might be that you're in a career and you want to climb the corporate ladder, be more effective as a communicator, get to senior levels, be able to ask for pay rises. It might be that you want to be a professional speaker, want to increase your skills on a stage, or possibly you're a coach. You might run a network marketing business and you want to attract more people into your business. You actually may be a property investor wanting to attract more money from angel investors. In fact, if you're listening to this right now and you have any desire to improve your relationships with people on an intimate level, personal level, professional level, or you want to simply increase your business, your turnover and your ability to impact people more effectively, then I do encourage you to join me because I've spent 30 years in front of hundreds of thousands of people and I've developed a system of 38 components which anyone can operate with, anyone can apply no matter what your background. It is a passionate, inspirational, motivational and information packed event where you learn how to engage people, how to grab their attention, how to get a message across quickly in any situation, whether it's one person or 10,000 people. So what do you do next? Go to 
drotv forward slash CWI. Go have a look at the booking page there. Find out more about it and then get yourself registered and come and join myself and Harminda at the next CWI event. Dr. Rowe signing out. Awesome. So now if you remember, the question is, how do I get my partner to listen to me? Hi, Ro. Just want to say hello before I start diving into this podcast. Hi, Harms. Thanks for picking this subject. I actually just threw up a message on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it live because I was so pumped about this. So let's just dive in. I think it's a biggie. Awesome. So where this really came to mind, you know, we've discussed this topic in length, just one on one. But I attended, you know, there was a private meet where a handful of people came to see you speak on the subject of communication. Now, one of the things that happened there is there was a elderly lady I'm not sure her age maybe 70s that was my gut feeling and she raised her hand and said look Dr Rowe I've for years my siblings will not listen to me I'm trying to tell them this is how you should do things this is what you need to be aware of and in particular for memory I think it was her sister her sister would not listen to her and you asked her the question okay so how long has this been going on for and she said look as long as I can remember they said what is it 10 years 20 years 30 years and it happened to be 30 years plus now you coach this woman there and then and she was massively grateful for it and also the audience learned a lot from it and it came down to the fact that she just wasn't utilizing a whole bunch of communication tools to speak to her siblings almost on their level now that's where this sparked this idea of how do I get my partner to listen to me how do I get my siblings to listen to me so do you remember that experience yeah that's good memory actually so that this was quite a small group and that made it gave us me an opportunity to have a more of a private session and because it was a closed small group she opened up very quickly didn't she yeah but what was fascinating was that the minute she started to ask the question and then I communicated with her as I was reflecting back and just reading where she was going with it and just saying openly what I was seeing. Do you remember how many nods of heads there were around the room? There were yeah. so many people acknowledging almost identical situations in their own personal lives. And I think it's a huge subject, just feeling like you're not being listened to. Yeah. And the idea of this podcast where is if you listen to this at home and you have that feeling as well, it doesn't matter who it's with we want to equip you with some of the things you're going to learn in this episode so you mm. don't have to go the 30 years without speaking to your siblings without having that <laughs> open communication you know and i sat there as a i think a 28 29 year old thinking oh my god and i even resonated with her because i felt like i've not been able to communicate with my parents at times maybe my wife at times maybe my boss in my past career just thinking oh my god if i had approached this in the way that rose saying you know, I could have communicated with my boss and, and I had a really, you know, I look back in my time, I had a really difficult time communicating with my ex-boss because of all sorts of reasons, but mainly down to communication. So that being said, Ro, do you have some examples of typical examples where people don't listen or maybe appear to not listen? What, what are some ways that yeah. play out? I mean, if you think about how many times have you heard or had a conversation with somebody, oh, you, but you don't understand, they're just not going to listen to me. I've said, I've tried that before, but they, <laughs> they, they just don't hear what I'm saying. Or I've been over that again, 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 nothing's changed. I've tried that. They're not going to listen to me. And, and it's almost like a hopeless, pissed off, frustrated feeling. And it, it transcends all different age groups, all different eras, whether you're a millennial listening to this, you know, Generation X, mm. Generation whatever it is now. What's the latest generation, by the way? Remind oh God, me. I don't even know. What is it? Gen <laughs> Z? I, I don't know what they're referred to now. There's like micro generations within a generation now as True. well. 
Yeah, so I have to read up on that. Kids shout, oh, mummy doesn't listen to me. And then you've got granddad saying, oh, my son doesn't listen to me. It goes across every single generation. Mm, mm. But if you want to pin it down to scenarios, which is a good question, actually. I mean, I'll throw it out there because people listening to this will, I'm sure, undoubtedly relate to this. For example, a mother trying to talk to her daughter. And here's the interesting thing. Parents... As our children grow up, there's a period where they just seem to listen to absolutely everything we say. Maybe that's because we are the dominant person there and they haven't evolved their own personalities, they have their own consciousness, their own belief systems, their own set of values, their own model of the world. So that point there when they were two, three, four, that sort of period, they are just starting to shape up into consciousness. And now I've got a five year old and she's got a much clearer picture of the world even though she's only five she thinks she's like 25 and (laughs) she doesn't listen to me the same way she did even a year or two ago now you take that to an 11 year old that we've got and it's the same thing there parents feel the same way then you get to teenage and it's like my kids don't listen to me but equally if you take the mirror out the kids are feeling the same thing we can come to this in a little bit but there's so many different reasons this can happen but that's a classic scenario parents not feeling the kids are listening to them or vice versa but equally it's husband and wife Now, if you think about children and how they model us, if children are growing up watching two parents arguing or husband coming back, talking to his wife and she's not engaged, she's not listening to him or vice versa. She comes back and she's saying, honey, I need to talk about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah." he's on his phone. He's in his briefcase. He's got his computer out. Kids are sat there. What do they see? A children is a blank canvas. So you grow up. And if you watch a couple that never engage, never listen to each other, never talk or are present with each other, the only model of the world you know when it comes to communication is that's. And how do you get attention? Daddy shouts at mummy. Mummy shouts at daddy. Okay, so maybe I need to do the same thing. That's obviously the way to get attention. Think about fundamentally how the fuck we develop our belief systems. We do it from that basic level. And the observational process of kids have, if they see parents doing it, it will reflect in everything they do. Now, you go to work and you're a frustrated husband or wife. You get to work, you're trying to get a pay rise, your boss isn't listening to you, you start to develop these beliefs that maybe I'm meaningless, maybe don't, maybe there's something wrong with me, maybe I'm not a good communicator, your peers don't listen to you, if you're mm. a property investor, you know, you say something to your builder, doesn't seem to hear you. I mean, it transcends across every situation. And if you find yourself, and this is probably a good lead-in actually to this podcast if you find yourself fairly consistently saying to yourself they're not listening to me or i said this but they didn't i wrote them a message they didn't listen to me or if you're saying that it's not so much about them it's likely to be about you and Mm. that's something we can tackle if you i mean we it's probably worth opening that one up a little bit as we go through this yeah and i think we can dive into that because it opens up a few different areas of discussion and you know you've touched on some fantastic points there were which is if i'll tell you what if my mum and dad are listening to this they're going to say harms has stopped listening to me for the last what 25 years <laughs> so and even in you know from we've got a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to our podcast and if it's a case you know you're pitching for finance you're pitching for finance for your property business oh yeah you are pitching to a client and you've left that phone call and believe me i've been here multiple times and you've left that phone call and you think I don't think they heard me. I don't think they've got it. Or if you don't get a client, you know, you've pitched to them. They say, sorry, no. The feeling is, well, when they listen to me, this is an absolute no brainer. Why would they not do this? Well, this is a very good point, Harm. So mm -hmm. I think what you're alluding to, and let's try and put a bit of science behind this. There are different gradients of not being listened to. Mm -hmm. There's the extreme gradient of just somebody completely blanking you out right down to the subtle gradients of, as you say, you're in front of a customer, you're presenting your product, but there's certain elements of what you're saying they don't hear or they don't get, meaning that you may have 
certain parts of your psyche that mute your voice, mute your message when you get to that point. I know people, for example, that go out in front of audiences and they can deliver content really well. When I'm training a professional speaker, they're really good at the technical, but when it comes to promoting their product or their service, for some reason, the way that comes across and is received and processed by the other person is almost like they're hearing a blur, a lack of clarity, and the other person doesn't hear the message. And at the end of it, people go, I don't get it. I've got a great product. But what they don't realize is the gradient in that area, they were gray. They weren't clear. So the other person didn't hear that part. They heard everything else, just didn't hear the numbers, didn't hear the sale. So what you're saying is absolutely spot on. This could apply to anyone in any situation at different gradients. I wasn't heard in that particular part of my conversation. It makes sense, Ro. And I just want to throw another one in there, which is that we've looked at, you know, you and yourself, but also we have to see what's muddying the waters out there where there's a lot of surface information being thrown at people. So we're almost programming ourselves. You know, if we're thinking about headlines, headlines you see on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, or you're, or you're looking at blog content and the headlines are very much orientated around clickbait. Now, if you're seeing 10 articles a day, there's no way people have time to read 10 articles a day. So what they're really doing is digesting the headline part of things. You just use the word clickbait. Just explain that to the listeners okay, so, who don't so, know what that means. So what clickbait means is, is a headline which is written in the way purely to get your clicks that's it they want you to just click because out of curiosity they trigger your curiosity in whatever way there's different ways to do that to get you to click onto their site their news article their product or whatever it is now when you put this in and align this with the informational world where we're you know reading journalism articles whatever that is and whatever you research in your speciality the clickbait just as a summary of the article. Now, this is where people take things out of context. This is people just looking at surface information and almost make up their mind based on a two or three sentence headline and a summary. And they say, right, yep, I've got my opinion on this. I don't need to listen to anything else. I've got it. Now, when you come up against somebody like that, it's like, yeah, well, I, well, I know that because I've read this article on it. Well, actually, they didn't dive deep into the article. They've just looked at surface information. So this is also what we're coming up against. You know, a parent coming up against a kid who the parents thinking, oh, my God, they, they seem like they know it all. Well, actually, the children in their mind maybe do think they know it all because they've seen 50 different headlines, which has been some sort of surface level education for the day. And they're getting that every single day. And I'm going to dive into social media a bit later on. But that's also a scenario that's occurring in the background row. Now, this is an important point you're raising, because later on, one of the things I'd like to suggest is a couple of ways to grab people's attention. But if you're trying to get into a space with another person's head where they've had a lot of these, as you're calling them, clickbait, these headlines, mm. you've got to find something that moves all that out of the way and goes, wait a minute, I've got something else you need to listen to. And they go, wow. What is that? So if there's too much noise, it's a way of separating the noise from your message. There's a couple of things we can do, but we'll come back to that before we finish. Yes. So one of the th other things I wanted to talk about, Ro, is we, we've covered some examples, but one of the biggest scenarios that I come across and you've probably come across with all the students and the people who come to your teachings, whether it's communicating with impact, whether it's wealth education, is they are all expanding their learning. They're all trying to self-develop. And once they're, they're excited for it. But what they go and do is they're in this bubble of excitement and they're ready to expand their life. 
But then they start to go to tell other people, look, I'm I'm starting a real estate company. I'm starting a property business. Uh, I'm starting to sell things online. I'm starting a blog. You know, for example, if you've heard the introduction, I'm going to Dr. Rose Communicating with Impact program. And the response they're going to get is, you don't need to do that. You know, why do you need to learn about communication? You're very confident as a person and all that sort of stuff that comes. Now, I see this play out you know, even in their 30s. You know, so I've met people in their 30s who have to seek permission. These are grown adults from their parents to do certain things because when they explain it to them, the parents are like, nope, that's no good. So what is actually happening here, though, is people are not listening to, I guess, the dreams and aspirations of people. But what I wanted to to do with highlight this problem is what can we do to support these people because they you know even growth tribes community they're going through a level of self-expansion personal growth they are out there to grow their life and other people are trying to shut that down around them yeah so what can we do to support them well, or give them tools there's so many different approaches to this mm. we probably need to address this looking at beliefs actually this all sort of ties into one area which is beliefs but before before we tackle that the key thing here is the one person you have to listen to first is yourself mm. so i think what's happening is because there's so many what do you call them attention grabbers and whatever the words you just used a minute ago these are, yeah they, people are advertising using clickbait it's right not, so it's, it's because not, there's so much clickbait yeah. there's so much headlines there's so much distractions there's so much you could do this what people are doing is they can't center themselves so when they go to do something they're second guessing so the mm. first level of communication the first fundamental level of communication that has to happen is the one with yourself that inner voice there's two at any one time when we talk about i'm not being heard at any one time you're either making statements or you're asking questions even as you're listening to me right now you might say well is that true there's a question <laughs> is, this, is he really telling is that is that correct what he's saying there there's another question actually he's right there's a statement yeah he's right actually i'm either speaking to myself and asking a question or i'm saying something out loud which is a statement and that's it. So you can simplify communication down into two parts, questions and statements. Questions are the things that we use to focus in on something, to get a resolution, to resolve a problem, to get clarity. A statement is basically a statement based on a belief that's fundamental to the core of who you are. And there's different levels of beliefs. Now, imagine that conversation going backwards and forwards on an internal level. Should I, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Do I need to check with somebody? There's a question. Yeah. And it, my mum told me that I should always check. Yeah. Okay. So there's a statement based on a belief. Mum said I should always check with somebody. So that, that internal conversation gets to a point we go, right. Okay. Question. Who should I check with? Statement. I'll go check with my brother. I'll go check with my mum. I'll go and check with my dad, my uncle. Now it becomes an external conversation. So now we go out and we talk to somebody else. All this time, we haven't actually had a chance to listen to our inner voice. What does my, the question should be, what does my gut tell me? What do I feel in my heart? Do I trust this people? Do I trust this course? Is it taking me in the right direction? Is it giving me an opportunity to grow and expand in an area that I want to? Even though other people around me aren't, even though my mum has never done that, my dad's never done that, my uncle's never done that, even though there's people around me that financially aren't in the same place as me or who don't want to get to another level, can I move all of those people's beliefs aside? If I pursued this, would it better my life? Yes. In which case, does it actually serve me to go and talk to them, ask them questions? That's the kind of conversation that has to be taking place. But most people don't have the courage, the strength and the conviction to do that. So what they do is to make it simpler, they go outside and they ask other people's opinion. Mum and dad says, don't do it. Uncle says, don't do it. The mass of the population who are not emotionally developed in that place don't do it. In other words, the people around them, if they went to a, a seminar with us, they came to a CWI event or one of our relationship events where you've got 100, 200, 300 people, 
people, all who are emotionally developed. And you said to those people, I'm thinking about doing this program that helps me communicate or to become healthier. You probably find 85 to 90% of those people say, what a fantastic idea, because their beliefs are completely aligned with your beliefs, which are emotionally developed beliefs, as opposed to unemotionally developed or emotionally undeveloped beliefs. I'm going to pause there for a minute because I'm speaking quick but am i making sense because i'm really going off on a big one here yes Ro, that makes sense and one i think it's such a critical topic because i asked a question where basically what i'm saying is if somebody wants to do something different that is out of the norm or different to the belief system of the person you're telling something to they're not going to hear you they're not going to hear the great things about that thing you're about to embark on that could be for example it could be as simple as i'm taking a career change and I'm actually going to reduce my salary during that career change. Now, that's enough to trigger most people's belief systems say, what, you're going to take a pay cut and change this career, which you spent five, 10 years down the line, and now you want to change it? Are you crazy? As opposed to the belief system that they have. So that's another example. So it doesn't have to just be applied to the training environment. I think, Ro, you know, something to highlight the belief system as well, which is I was actually watching fantastic scientist and a speaker in science, Neil deGrasse Tyson the other day. And what he wanted to bring awareness is with this fantastic quote, which is around belief systems. And it's important that we, as in you, the person listening to your inner voice, just understands this fundamental quote, which is things you think are true, but they are not even true when you are shown the truth is a bit wacky in on the surface but what we're saying here is you cannot sway some people's belief systems even when you show them a real truth look no 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 look this is the truth yeah, yeah but i don't believe that yeah but this is the truth no 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 but i don't believe that so that's the circle that you're potentially gonna it's a vicious cycle sometimes that you're gonna potentially gonna be in and it's all around belief systems yes yeah, so in the turning point book i wrote back in 2011 there's a whole chapter on beliefs and i break down the different levels of beliefs the lightest belief being one that you might have just assumed because somebody shared it with you and you say okay maybe i believe that you mm. believe it from a young age right through to something that you've experienced so many times that is an absolute conviction to the point where you have an absolute conviction about something as you just said there it might be very difficult for anyone to dissuade you that that is actually bullshit the thing that you believe uh, there's another great phrase nothing has meaning apart from the meaning that you give it so the minute you give something a meaning and you attach a belief to that it's very hard for somebody to change that and so what we're dealing with here is a frustration in you the listener if you're not being listened to but it might be a belief that you're not being listened to it may be that you're just talking to somebody who's listening with a completely different filter their head is so much processing their own internal dialogue that conversation that's happening in their head between questions and answers questions and answers when you throw something at them they got no space to process it so what happens is your message goes into their conversation, their ecosystem inside their head, doesn't really fit in with their beliefs, doesn't fit in with the conversation that's happening at the moment. And the only conversation that's ever important to anybody is the conversation that we're having with our own selves, not with yeah. anybody else. Same way if you look at a photograph of 100 people and you happen to be in that photograph, the first person you look at is you before you look at anybody else. <laughs> but the same thing's happening in a conversation. So if your conversation drops into somebody else's head ecosystem and they're having three or four conversations with themselves, it might be that yours is not important so of course they're not going to listen to you they might be acknowledging of you but they can't resonate at deep frequency with you then because they're, they're not really listening they're not right. really listening and, and that's where you get frustrated so we're still on the subject of belief systems well how are they formed because if we understand how they're formed that also helps the person communicating with the other person to just appreciate look this person's got a belief system and they come from different places 
Yeah. So I think this is a, I mean, this is a subject that we could almost do a whole podcast on because belief systems go deep. But without going that deep, one thing to be aware of is that you might be thinking, well, how does this tie into I'm not being heard? Just remember, you're making a statement there. So that's a belief that you have. What if you are being heard, but you're not being heard at the right volume, the right intensity, or the meaning of what you're asking or saying has not been interpreted correctly by the other person because they've got a slightly set of different beliefs around this particular subject. So in the same way, you might go and watch a movie and come out and feel really inspired. Someone else might come out and feel depressed mm. because they've heard a scene, a story and their beliefs are oh that's terrible how can that happen to that person whereas you go oh my gosh what happened to that person's terrible but it's inspiring how they came through that and they overcame their challenges two sets of different beliefs so we have to understand the mechanism of beliefs and when it comes to communication let me give you two or three examples one might be you grew up and you and as i said already you heard your mum and dad arguing a lot and it might be that mum just didn't feel that dad was listening to her so she would get more and more vocal and you witnessed daily monthly, yearly, over decades, maybe by the time you get to 20 years of age, your mum always having to shout, almost scream to get your dad's attention. So now what happens to you as a young Harminda or me as a young Dr. Rowe, if I've witnessed that for the good first 10, 20 years of my life, my model of the world is, okay, so to be heard, I guess I need to shout loud. So what do I do? I go out and I shout. I'm quite in people's faces. I'm not necessarily aggressive, but my belief is that I need to be quite loud if I want to get my point across. But of course, for somebody else that doesn't believe that, they might take that as offensive. I started to raise my voice at you and almost speak at you, Harms. You might come from a different belief system or culture where that's rude. And so you get pissed off. So oddly enough, you don't listen to me. Yeah, shut down and don't listen. Right. So now what happens? I'm starting to talk to you and you don't want to hear it, hear my words. And you almost disassociate or, or you ignore me. I get more pissed off. And I'm thinking hell's going on so I shout louder <laughs> and then I start doing that with lots of people and then I start complaining nobody's listening to me well that's because you've come in with a set of beliefs that were formed from a couple that just didn't have that connection or you know they found other tools to communicate that's one example you may have had this at school harms I certainly remember this when I was at school I was physically a small guy I mean so I developed a lot later in terms of my physical ability than I think a lot of other people around me coming from an Asian background yeah not I, I, big, same same for big me. you know you see a lot of young Asian kids they're kind of small and thin and they've got this I mean, if I go to somewhere like Holland they're massive the boy <laughs> I meet somebody like 20 years of age and they're like three times my size so every culture every person is different physically and I remember I had a couple of friends who were very loud, slightly aggressive. So maybe they got parents that were shouting at each other. Now I think about it. <laughs> and I used to find that when I was around them, I didn't really get heard very much. So I developed. Now, in my case, I didn't go quieter, but I saw other people go quiet. And I see this even today. I see adults that have gone quiet. And I say, you know, they say, I can't seem to get my voice out. And when I take them back through time, it turns out that they had a friend they hung out with or people they hung out with at school. Those people were loud and they were so loud that this person became quieter. And actually through their quietness, they got attention in a different way. And that was their way of being listened to. Whereas for me, I don't mind sharing this with you. I just found myself becoming more articulate. I found that I read more and I found that if I communicated in a slightly more skillful way, that's how I got attention. And I think that may be something that's evolved at such a young age without me realizing it was only more recently I reflected on it. So how you react to or the meaning you give to a situation, you can steer yourself down one route to become quieter because somebody's very loud next to you or you become more skillful in the way you communicate, which then gets people's attention in a different way. Am I making sense? I'm just trying to show you what happened to me, what I believe happened to me. That makes absolute sense. So what about an example, just to tie into the main question, what about a couple dynamic? Yeah. How does that play out? Because you've got two couples and I imagine it's based on the past relationship or is that exactly is that down the right line? Yeah, no, no, spot on. And in fact, 
I mean, you've seen this because you've been with me and we, you've, I've seen you trying to help people out as well when we've been at an event. And there's you, a 30-year-old lad, for want of a better word, sitting with a couple who are 50 and they're almost having a conflict. And because of mm. all the skills you've learned, you're steering them. And I've seen that. But I think we see it across all generations. So if I'm John and I've been in a relationship with my partner, she never seemed to listen to me. She switched off. When we first met, she listened to me. But after a while, she kind of stopped listening and it felt like she wasn't connecting with me she was off doing her own thing she was pursuing a career if that was my situation and that relationship broke up for that reason when I go into my next relationship I'm going to be a little bit more cautious and I might not communicate as much because I've already developed a set of beliefs that hey fucking hell, what if my last three relationships were the same my assumption is that my next relationship will be the same so I get in with a partner that really wants to talk and she's like honey you never fucking talk to me and I'm thinking yeah but I don't want to expose myself because the last time I tried to do that my last two partners cut me down I didn't feel heard what if I make myself vulnerable so a lot of couples come to the table and they're part beliefs about being open about being vulnerable about being truthful about how they feel maybe the sex has died down and they want to reconnect that way maybe the intimacy's died away maybe there's not the same sense of passion or you know one's got a set of aspirations and the other one doesn't seem to be listening to it but then there's this fear of saying something because they don't want to cause an upset so they just yeah. carry on just and, then the, and then the other partner is almost like two three four ten years into it saying well, they just don't talk to me. I don't know what to do. I'm saying, talk to me, talk to me. And, and they just won't. And then what they probably say, actually, okay, well, you've done a talk to me. Then we've got nothing to talk about. And they, those are the couples that ultimately end up sitting in silence in the same room, just watching television night in, night out. And then it's just such a fear then to engage in that open communication. Well, also, I mean, that's a very good point, actually, because what happens then is we seek a thrill or we seek excitement go back to Maslow's hierarchy needs one of them is the need for variety and to to have change so if you don't get the stimulation in the conversation and anyone listening to this you might relate to this what will happen is you'll go seek that somewhere else now in some cases it becomes an affair it's not that you don't you want to be with your partner but you haven't made that connection with them somebody else shows you a lot of attention they start listening to you maybe it's in a work environment in a social environment before you know it you're having these conversations that you just don't feel you can have with your partner and then you misinterpret that to mean oh this is a more meaningful relationship but actually when you first met your partner you may have had those conversations to start with yeah and it was just fundamentally the other person was just listening that piece of the jigsaw for that particular scenario well okay we're that, we're that, going but here's where it gets really yes scary dark and challenging and that is that the interpretation around that is okay my relationship's dead this is a great relationship he or she's listening to me the next thing you know it leads to you know sexual encounter lots of variety next thing you know that there's an affair going on as an example if it's not an affair with another person it could be sport watching movies going on the internet that could be your other source of outlet because now i'm communicating with somebody on facebook who's listening to me could be another bloke could be another woman whatever i think the point that we're both trying to make here is there is a lot of danger associated with allowing poor communication not being listened to to continue on and, and actually i would say a high percentage of the time it does lead to relationship breakups or just this blur where there's no passion and the whole thing just becomes just like a gray existence and people don't want that and this is when we see the pain and the pain usually then leads to a breakup so I think you may have uncovered the mystery of why so many people are just commenting on random things online, Ro. I think you just <laughs> unlock that mystery. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Well, it stimulates the conversation. You know, it's just so many people are sometimes commenting on all sorts of things, looking for a response, provoking a response online. And, yeah. 
And, you know, this could potentially one of the nuggets to do as part of that. So, well, just to to close out this question, which was what do the people do who are aspiring? They're dreaming. They're doing something different. What's one piece of advice we can give them before we move on to the next part? Okay, I think at this stage, because I wanted to give a little bit more detailed answer to that, because there's more depth to it. I think at this point here, and we've talked about it already, is go back to that inner voice, go back to the intuition that's inside you. And even if you're feeling resistance from the outside, don't dampen that voice down. That's the most powerful voice. Listen inwardly first and then listen outwardly. Communicate inwardly first and then communicate outwardly. I mean, I just want to reflect it back on you. You sat with me, Harms, four or five years ago. You're at an event. At the time it was a property event and there's an opportunity to invest 20, 25,000 pounds to do what is equivalent to like a university degree in property investing in a concentrated time period. You've got money saved up for a wedding and you must have been having a conversation in your head at that point. And I'm sure had you gone out and talked to other people around you, they probably wouldn't have listened to you and said, don't do this. So maybe this is a good chance for me to reflect it back onto you as a young millennial and say, how did you deal with that situation? Because I, I no doubt you would have got people not listening to you they just said don't do it even though you're trying to explain it to somebody else yeah I think at the time I was in that mode where you know I had personally experienced 10 years in the working place and it wasn't all that it was made out to be before I entered the working place so I almost had a bit of rebelliousness in me where I said look things I've been told in the past yes they worked but they didn't work as well as promised so I now have to look at myself and think for myself and make a decision. So for me, it was an independent decision. I, was, I mean, I'm a grown adult now. I shouldn't at that stage. It's nice to get opinions, but I shouldn't base my decision on what mum and dad said, what my brother said, what my friends say, what my what somebody online says who maybe is a stranger or within a Facebook group I'm a part of. So this is the things that I had to be conscious of. So I, I guess I'm giving you a real life example of somebody who just listened to their inner voice which at the time said yes, and then go and act upon that inner voice. So don't just say, yes, I want to do this spur of the moment, and then don't go act on it. And the important part of acting is I've committed to do whatever this is. And for me, it was building a property portfolio. Then I'm going to go and do it. And then over time, people will watch from the outside and say, ah, okay, that was that's, that seemed like a good decision. Well done. And, it, and then they just get over it. You know, that time seems, it seems so distant. It becomes a distant memory. And I guess it's just listening to your inner voice at that time in the moment. And I guess, well, if your inner voice is not, and then looking at the flip side, well, what if your inner voice is wrong? What if your inner voice is wrong at the time? Well, then just learn from that, you know, the next decision. Okay, don't dismiss your inner voice, but what was wrong about your judgment at the time. And I think yeah, that's and actually, a balanced way to point, look at it. That the inner voice that we're talking about has to be one that's not muddied by anything. So the minute you feel that inner voice is being steered by pain or steered by an external influence, then it's not really an inner voice. It's an inner voice listening to an outer voice. But if something happens that you say afterwards, oh, maybe I should have checked or made a slightly different decision, that then comes down to, as you say, the evolution of the soul. It's how we learn from each experience and grow from it and fine tune that inner voice. Each of us have it. The challenge is there's a lot of fear to listen to it. So people will then lean on external people to get that support. And we go back to going to the outside world and asking for their opinion. They're not listening to me because they've got their own opinion. Whereas if we just allow ourselves to go through several experiences where we tune into the inner voice, the more you do, it, it's like driving a car, it's like walking, riding a bike, anything like that. After a while, you intuitively just know what's right. But you've got to give yourself the space to do that. That's really the first, the whole first part in the process. I love that. And we've answered that question now. So if you are coming up against resistance, just seek an answer from your inner voice at the mm. start. Be confident in that. Now, coming back to the topic of 
you know, somebody's not listening to me, what do I do? I think before we start to get into the solutions, another good question to answer is, what are some general reasons why we think we're in society, possibly, we think there's a cause of lack of being able to listen? What's causing the lack of being able to listen to people? You know, just top of my head, I'm just thinking social media is one, but I'm going to dive into that in a later moment because I've got a few passionate notes on that, which I want people to be aware of. But what yeah, are some I other mean, general reasons? I'm conscious of time, so I, won't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I would say for anyone listening, just be aware of things like a lack of connection or less connection with the person that you're talking to or the people that you're around. So it could be, as I've said already, you could have drifted apart. You might have a habit of filtering what you're saying or how you're saying it. Uh, you know, think back to the example with the child that witnessed the parents and then developed a model of being very loud, equally somebody that went the other way and, and became very quiet in the way they connected with other people. Also, people are really busy these days. I mean, if you look around you, even when people sit down for dinner, they don't just sit down and be present, be grateful, connect with the food, connect with the person next to them, be aware of the moment, the phone's there. And I know that because I've been in that situation myself, especially the group of us go out and you're just quickly checking your phone before you settle in. I mean, if you think about it, if you're checking your phone to maybe connect with three or four people on the Facebook and maybe a couple of WhatsApps, that would be no different to walking in the restaurant with three of your mates for dinner, but then bringing another eight people with you. And before you sit down for dinner, you say, just before I eat my dinner, um, Johnny, I just want to check this with you. And they're all stood around the dinner table with you <laughs> and not until you've spoken to those eight people and they leave the restaurant can you turn around and have a meal because what you're actually doing is you're just creating busyness messages texts whatsapp facebook instagram we're just busy 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 and of course when we're busy there's no space to process somebody else and um, that's pretty cool though because what you've described there is personal side to what is really heavily discussed in the workplace which is task switching you know constantly yes. switching from email to project, to task, to meeting, to interruption. That level of task switching gets nothing done, gives you no satisfaction at the end of the day. So you just take that example of lots of study and research goes into workplace, but very little to emphasis is done in the personal life, which is just as important to have that non-busy period where you're just focused on dinner with friends at, at the table. And we're using that example here. And in a meeting, as you say, I mean, if you go to a meeting and there's like five people sat around the meeting, but you're then in the middle of a conversation, even if it's on your phone with somebody outside that room, that's like you walking between two rooms. If you're doing five conversations on five different WhatsApp groups, it'd be like sitting in the office, but you're having five other meetings going around you and you stand up halfway through the conversation, go to the other room, talk to them and come back. I mean, it's physically it's draining. It's emotionally draining. It's distracting for everybody involved. It creates stress. That's another thing that people get so stressed these days that the stress well okay essentially what the stress is in terms of you process it is a conversation happening internally mm. so stress isn't like your conversation going outwardly anything happens outside then comes to an internal conversation and off we go back to the start of the podcast chat between yourself question answer question answer question answer oh shit what about this what about this somebody's trying to talk to you and you go oh sorry oh, i didn't hear what you're saying i was just talking to myself boom you know, that is the biggest challenge, I think, for a lot of people is time, stress, management of different projects going on at the same time. And you've got these two extremes of, you know, wanting to talk. There's opportunity one side and the other side you're feeling stress, and it's just going on constantly. So what I think I couples can relate to that. Well, I think couples can relate to that either partner, depending on what's happening in their life at the time. You know, if you take the mum in, in this ex hypothetical situation, the mum's yeah saying to the husband has just come home oh the baby newborn baby the baby's done this today the baby's doing this baby did this oh my god it's stressful and then the husband didn't hear any of it he didn't he just did not listen to a single word because he is still thinking about that meeting that was maybe 
challenging or quite stressful at the end of the day or something that happened in the traffic or oh my god it took half an hour extra to get home so he's stressed he comes home and he pumps. might be holding it inside where she just wants to get it out yes exactly and that can happen in reverse any scenario like that so i think couples do experience that and if you want to keep it simple it doesn't have to be work the, any situation it, arms, it could be anything. me you know i could be thinking about football uh gina's talking to me and i'm thinking uh okay i, I can't listen to you right now because i need to get this stuff done so i can watch the football later as an example so that well, it, so another example out. would be i mean just if you talk about relationships uh, i go into the house my fiance is there and she's like listen she's trying to work out some stuff for the renovation on the house what about this what about this door handles him do you what do you think about this door look and i'm thinking okay i've got to pay the builder because he just dropped me a message so two conversations um what I think is important is important to me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Each person's conversation is important to them. And of course, if it's not being heard, then we don't feel like the other person values us. And here's the thing. We also have a lot to say these days. So it's not like the old, go back to my period and everything was slower, more relaxed. Now there's so much to say. There's so much information to process and to share. And there's no space in between that information. So what happens is it comes at us constantly to the point where it's like listening to white noise. There is no space in between. There's no variation. It's just a constant flow, backwards and forwards of information processing. There's no break. We can't absorb it. And if we can't absorb it like a sponge, how can we listen? If you think about a sponge that's completely empty and it's got time to process, if you pour water onto it, it's like a conversation. The water represents conversation. It can absorb it. But if you put that sponge in a big pile, you know, a big bucket of water, which is all the stuff that we're doing at any one time, and then you take the sponge out, lay it on the ground, and you say, right, that sponge represents a human being who's got a lot of stuff going on at the moment. And then you come along and pour your conversation, your water onto that sponge. There ain't nowhere for it to go. And then you can Even get a label to absorb. It can't absorb. It can't absorb. Yeah, because the purpose is a sponge. It, it's supposed to be able to listen, absorb that water. And then you can get a label and put overwhelmed on it, stressed, yeah. uh, confused, <laughs> uh, exactly. at, at capacity. You can put whatever label you want. That sponge or human being is completely just full. Of, they cannot take any more. My, my phrase you've heard me say is I'm at maximum bandwidth. Band, <laughs> bandwidth. Yes. I'm doing yeah. that because you're a millennial. I'm at bandwidth. And he goes, all right, I get that. I get that. I understand that. I don't understand sponge bandwidth. Yes, I get it. So I think, you know, we've got to laugh a little bit at this as well, because we've got to be mindful that we're angry, frustrated, pissed off towards another person. But what if that person is the sponge who wants to? They've got to squeeze something else out, but everything feels important to them. So why so, do they get frustrated, Ro? So just cutting straight to that question then is, you know, if we label that sponge, they're mm -hmm. frustrated. Everybody else outside is frustrated. But let's focus on the person who's not being heard. Two simple things. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think... It's a great question because actually it comes all the way back to Maslow and those early studies on human psychology, which is essentially everybody has a need for connection with other people. If you want to put that in brackets, I want to be loved. I want to be connected to the people around me, even with me and you, you know, I want to be connected to you. And equally, I want to feel important or significant or whatever words you want to attach to that, which is I want to be heard. And of course, if you're in a conversation with me and you're saying stuff to me and my sponge is full harms and I'm your wife or a good friend of yours and I've got no capacity, then you can't connect with me, which means unconsciously you don't feel like a great sense of connection or love with me, but equally I'm not listening to you because I've got no capacity to absorb any more into my sponge. I've got no more bandwidth. So it just deflects off me. And your read on that is, fuck it. He's not listening to me. Doesn't really want to connect with me. And after two or three or four times, you kind of, your unconscious just says, don't worry about it. He's not going to listen. And that's it. 
and then the conversation dulls down. And maybe three months later, when my sponge is a bit emptier and I've got a bit of time to breathe, and I go, oh, let me just have a chat with her. Hey, you've got a bit quiet, man. I haven't spoken to you for a while. Is everything all right? You don't seem to reach out anymore. <laughs> but just for a minute, I got a bit of sponge width there. Sponge. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love that. So let, let me just explain, though, how this is being amplified in my generation and, okay. it, and that feeling of frustration being amplified. And I think you know you've almost so talking about what 25 35 year olds that sort of and i think up even to 40 maybe even earlier now i think people in their 20s i think people in their late teens now my generation are feeling this frustration but it's almost like a silent oh goodness, it's like it's just happening in the background people are aware of it but they don't want to address it and the frustration is it's almost injected steroids through the means of social media and let me explain what i mean because you mentioned the word significance and that you know that fits in maslow's hierarchy of need whether you like it or not we are wired in a way that we want significance and if you get a dose of it it's great that's part of our wiring you know we, we don't want to fight away from that when somebody pats you on the back when somebody praises you when somebody says awesome you did a great job or somebody has a conversation with you you got to say what you wanted to and they heard you that's where significance comes from as you've mentioned now, there's so much being said in the world of social media constantly. Every microsecond, something is now appearing online, whether it's a news article, a blog, a Facebook post, a YouTube video, Instagram story. And now with live video features, use live a lot. Literally, something is being fed to you in the moment as the moment is happening every single second. Okay, so that's the landscape that's actually happening out there on social media. So how is this causing an issue and how is this linked to significance? Well, there's a bit of a black box scenario going on here, which the public are not aware of. There's a black box and there's some things happening in that. And that black box is owned by the social media companies and the platforms. So let me give you an example. In the early days, the way social media platforms got our attention and got our user base, i.e. got us to subscribe to their platforms, was very simple. If we posted something, they would make sure everybody saw that post. Let me give you an example. Well, I post in the early days, if you don't, I don't know if you remember, but Facebook, a common thing in Facebook, let me show people what I'm eating. You know, that was the early adoption. Let me show people what I'm having for dinner. Let me show people where I am going out today. And all of your friends would see it. So all your friends would comment and they would like the post and they say, oh my God, that's amazing. I've got to try that place. Great. Now you feel great because you've got a response from what you put out. Now, something's changed inside that black box. What's changed is you'll be lucky if even 20% of your friends, people you want to interact with online, actually see that post. And what I mean by post is something you're sharing online. Mm. So what does that mean now? So let's link it back to the significance I was talking about. What that means is social media is selecting what gets heard online. Now, as we know, there's billions of users on these platforms. And there's millions of people every single day trying to get heard. When you put a post out on social media, it's no different to speaking to somebody. It's exactly the same thing. You're trying to get heard. Now, here's the vicious cycle. Because your post is not getting put out to people, it's basically getting put out to maybe 20% of your following. If you've got 100 people following you, you're lucky if 20 people see it. Now, there's a percentage of those people who are just going to say, okay, cool. And there's going to be a percentage you actually interact with it. Now... Here's where the vicious cycle is. If you've only got 10 people liking your post compared to the past or compared to the real life scenario where nobody even listens to you, you don't get your likes, you don't get your follows, you don't get your comments. Now, simply put, to tie it all together, the significance there is just not met. 
You know, so if you're listening at home and you're thinking, why am I getting frustrated? What What's this weird feeling I have with social media at the moment? It's because nobody's liking your stuff, nobody's commenting, and you're feeling your internal mechanism of significance is just not being met. So what happens? You continue to post, you continue to share, and you continue to seek a response online. And you're basically saying, somebody hear me, somebody respond. Why is nobody hearing me? Is it what I'm, is it that I'm, what I'm saying is not that important? So what happens, Ro, is exactly what you said at the start of this episode is the significance gets diminished. So what do people do? They get louder. They get more controversial. They get more extreme in their opinions, all for the purpose of getting heard and all for the purpose of, without realizing, allowing this black box, which is the social media algorithm, to get their message out. Okay, the problem with that is it's a bottomless pit because Mm. you're constantly, constantly seeking significance and you're not getting it. That is social media causing chaos with the idea of not being heard online and that's whew, i've got to take a deep breath there that's my your rant. download my rant <laughs> my rant um, and also explanation of how this works yeah i th- uh, you know what it's such a powerful subject we ought to bring it up actually as a separate podcast and that would be around your basic human needs and what makes us feel more fulfilled as human beings and what are the short fixes to that i.e how do we get that instantly as you're talking about here versus how do we get a more meaningful sense of acknowledgement from those around us without seeking it because i think social media has become a place where people seek it as you've talked about there and without realizing where it's happening without people realizing that it's not like somebody opens up their phone every morning and says okay today i want to get my hit of significance let me post something let me comment something controversial on somebody's post to trigger a response it's all just happening automatically that desire for significance is all happening without somebody realizing what's happening yeah i think i mean rather than delve into that the depth of that because it's Mm, such a powerful subject let's keep it on uh, let me try and steer this towards a solution whilst people are listening because there's two things happening here one is you're using social media to be heard the other one is you're just talking to people on a daily basis or people in your own close proximity, that ecosystem we talk about, and they're not listening to you as well. So I think why don't we just move on and tackle some ways to actually address that in view of the time that we've got left on the podcast, but also because I think you've touched on such a, a powerful subject, why don't we actually agree to bring that up as a separate podcast, dealing with how you get yourself, if you like, build your own strength, your own qualities, your own sense of identity in such a way that you don't have to feel the need to do things a certain way through social media and be in pursuit of that recognition where there's other ways to get it. I think that'd be a great subject for a different I think that, podcast. I think that would be. And I think it's so needed for my generation at this time because I feel like we're going down this path. So let's take a step to the right as we say it and let's look at something technical. Let's say, well, you are, when it comes to it, you teach people how to master the communication. So let's get more technical with this and orientate, just like you said, around the solution. Now it's noisy out there. You know, what's the way to get people to hear us? You know, people are out there pitching for finance, trying to create a social media video for their business, raising money for a charity, in charge of a change project within an organization, you know, le- maybe leading your weekly staff meeting, conference calls. And it's important that people listen to you, not just be heard, but actually listen to what you're saying. So what are some technical communication tools that you can offer the listeners at home that they can use fairly quickly? I think you've helped with the frame there. Think of this as talking to your mum, talking to your dad, however old you are, talking to your partner, trying to get through to somebody, whether it's in the workspace, business partner, a boss, you're feeling like you're not being heard, might be 
sales, could be with customers. So this is the kind of place this can work. Can you use it in social media? Yes. Could you use it if you're doing videos to your audience online? 100% you could use this. So I'll go through a, a sequence here, but I've got to be mindful that this is part of a really deep process. 38 components are within the actual main communication with impact system. And it's broken into three areas, as we've talked about in a previous podcast, I believe. So there's you, which is you, the person communicating. There's them, the people that you're communicating with. And there's the environment within which you're communicating. For example, you just talked about social media. There's one environment, but another one could be sat in a cafe talking to a loved one and you're trying to talk to them. Or it could be with your kids at home on the couch. That's another environment. So those three areas, you, them and environment, even within each of those have multiple components. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is extract a couple of things out of that system to enable people to actually start to use it. Those of you that get opportunity, come and join us on, for example, the Growth Tribes community and you'll see this happening a lot because many people have come through the communications event there, you'll see people using this tool. But also in the vault there, we have a series called Communicating with Impact. And I think there'd be some great tools that you could use straight away. And Harminder can explain how to get there towards the end of this podcast. Okay, so the first thing is break the pattern. Simple as that. You have to break the pattern. You have to, st you have to change your state and their state. Meaning if you're in a negative state, you're feeling like you're not getting the message across, you're feeling like they're not listening to you, they may be not listening to you, or it might be that you're just saying it the wrong way. Change your pattern, break the pattern. That means do something different. Instead of always having the same conversation or the same argument, for example, a couple coming back from work, always just in the kitchen while you're making yourself a cup of tea, preparing the food, you get into that conversational space where you always seem to have that block. Don't do it there. Actually break that pattern. Say, before we even cook dinner, can we sit down, clear the table, maybe put some music on in the background, but do something. Don't follow the same pattern it's like walking to work a different way driving to work a different way it feels unusual you're not used to it because you're not used to it your unconscious becomes more acutely tuned in to changes becomes much more aware of changes in breathing patterns in the other person their, their facial patterns their facial gestures everything about a change in environment a break of pattern means the communication will be different you can't say the same thing the same way if you're sat down versus standing up versus if you're in a room full of light versus in a room full of dark, whether you're outside in a quiet environment or in a, no in a noisy environment. So break the pattern. That's the first thing. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And, and think about almost say it's almost like a club scene. You know, when you're at the club, they create the environment as such. The lights are dark. You know, the music is loud because when you've been in a club and they switch the lights on at the end of the night, it all seems a bit weird. It yeah. all seems a bit strange. I think that's just a nice contrasting example of you know, the environment has to be right. And they want you to leave. So what do they do? They change the state. They switch the lights on. They switch the music off. Everybody out. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's a bit weird in here now. It's a bit sticky. Let me get out of here. Yeah. And the cold. And if you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody, the cold light of day or the cold light of bright lights comes in and you have to communicate in a different way. Even tiny little face gestures change. So changing the pattern, breaking the pattern is the first thing. Don't have the same type of conversation that you've been blocked on in the same way, in the same place. If it's on, if it's been on the phone, get face to face. If it's been in a certain geographic location, change that as well. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, and it goes back to what you said earlier on, which is about the, the hook, all these different hooks that go into social media. You've got to ask a powerful question or a meaningful question. So start the conversation by asking a question instead of making a statement. The thing about making a statement, if people aren't listening to you, is the minute you do that, 
it's your belief being transferred across to them. Honey, I think that our relationship's not working. Honey, I think we need to spend more time together. Honey, I think we need to go on holiday together. Honey, I think we're overspending. That's a statement. And when you make a statement, it's based on your belief. And if you have got somebody that's not listening to you at the moment, then, of course, what's going to happen is they're not going to hear you because you started with a statement about what you believe. Whereas if the you whole start- you should, you should, you should, you should do yeah. this, you should do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's somebody talking at you. Yeah. And, of course, it's at straight away to defense. The block goes up. Whereas if you ask a question that's powerful or another word for that is meaningful, then they are going to have to listen to you. And don't load the question either, because if you load the question, you can make a question so heavily loaded, it almost <laughs> sounds like a statement. Honey, what do you think? I'm, I, do you believe that we're spending may, way more money than we need to? That's the same as you saying, honey, I believe we're spending more money than we need <laughs> So you could ask a question that says, I was just wondering, you know, I was looking at the finances. What do you think about our overall spending patterns at the moment? How do you feel about that? So you're, you're keeping it broad. You're asking them for a general view and it's asking for their opinion. And they might start with an answer, which is, yeah, I think we're okay. And then you say, have you had a chance to look at it? And then you can drill a bit deeper. So you open up with a question and give them a chance to hook, or it could be a question related to them. You say, I noticed you've been looking a bit tired recently. Is you feeling okay? Or I noticed just recently when we've been talking, you haven't been uh, so upbeat. Is everything okay? Something like that. So it's more focused towards them. So you, you break the pan, ask a question. Then you're yeah. present. Before you go into the next one, Rowan, and what I love about the questions part is, the students who come attend and the people who come attend CWI, Communicating with Impact, you actually take them through this question process and we won't dive into it here, but what I love is they leave after that thinking, no wonder, that one section alone, people are thinking, no wonder I cannot get anybody to listen to me because I just wasn't following this sequence of questions that you lay out to them and ask them to use. And the realization in people is like, oh my God, for years I've just been talking at somebody and I haven't asked them this right sequence of questions to open up the communication and they practice it and then afterwards they're like wow and they also almost you know they're they're sitting there with strangers or they're sitting there with a friend as part of the exercise they're like oh my god I hadn't even realized any of this or and sometimes a person who's receiving the question says I've not shared this with anybody for years because nobody's really asked me the right set of questions. So I love that exercise. I think we should definitely make sure that's included in the next event. Yeah, and it's a little bit like a recipe, isn't it? You get the recipe, you've got the ingredients, and if you put the ingredients in the right order, you bake a fantastic cake. But if you get the ingredients or the questions in the wrong order, you don't get that wonderful cake. So it's not just even the questions, but the sequence of the questions as well, which is what you're Mm -hmm. saying. So that's fantastic. And of course, you know, the next part behind that is being present. Ask the question, but then don't be spewing out what you actually want to say, because this is where they've been switching off in the past. You break the pattern, you ask a meaningful question, and then you allow that person to talk and explain their situation first, as opposed to thinking, right, I want to say what I, I want to say what I believe. I want to say what I believe. So whatever they say, if you're thinking about what you want to say, then whatever they say next is meaningless both to you and them. And that's the problem. If you're in that headspace where you're always wanting to get your message out and you want to be right, it, it's not going to work. So ask the question, make it a meaningful question and then just be present. And how do you do that? Just center yourself, be opposite them. And one of the exercises we do at CWI is so powerful. I've seen people burst into tears. You've witnessed it as well because they're having a moment of presence with another human being, which they've never had before. And that's a really powerful experience. Just be, allow yourself to be with them, be quiet, be silent, 
breathe calmly and just allow the space to unfold in front of you. You don't have to have noise. You don't have to have the phone on. You don't have to have music in the background necessarily, but you do need to allow them to have a space to communicate back to you because you've asked a meaningful question, which means they're going to give you a meaningful answer. So give their answer meaning by being present with them. And if we contrast that to your first example, I think from this answer is if you take the opposite of that and say, okay, babe, I think we should look at the finances. And I think, what do you feel is happening with the finances? And they're just about to answer. And you say, I think this is what's happening with the finances. I think you're overspending. And it's that classic. You ask a question that just to allow yourself to speak. And, you know, we've all done it. I occasionally do it. And then Gina's looking at me like, um, did you ask this question just so you can have a conversation with yourself? Is that yeah, what's right. happening right now? <laughs> and she just catches me out. And your, but in your facial gestures as well, be careful. If they're saying something, your eyebrow goes, really? You, know, <laughs> you don't have to say anything. You just have to use your, and that's another conversation, your physiology. So being present, allowing nothing, just be neutral. Then decide which is the correct style of communication. Now, this is a whole subject. Well, this, we this could is, be here for an hour. Oh, hour this plus. is just <laughs> what, I mean, on the CWI training that we do. You've seen this. It's fantastic. We get people into groups of three or four people. There's four different communication styles. There's a commander, the messenger, the empathizer, and there's the vulnerable. And you've got to know what style to use in what situation. And what I love about the exercise we do on the CWI event is the fact that people literally transform. And then the feedback from the audience is the difference that it felt when they switched between the different styles. And it's very, very powerful. So if you've been communicating in the wrong style in the past, you may need to break that pattern as well. So let me link this road to the start. If you remember listening, to this, it's almost been an hour now, but if you remember right at the start of this episode, I told you about a scenario where there was an elderly woman who just could not speak to her siblings. They just would not understand that yes. they wouldn't listen to her. And one of the things Ro took her through as part of that coaching process is explain to me how you're speaking to them. And then he taught her very quickly in a, in, in a very short, compressed time to use a different style. And then I remember seeing everybody around her and even herself just soften thinking, why has nobody told me that? Why has nobody told me there's a, I just was communicating in the wrong style for so many years. I thought that was a beautiful moment. I seem to remember literally standing up, talking in front of her and then moving my physiology to the point where I, I think I was sat in, on the floor looking yeah, up to her. Yeah, that's that, right. That, that's and, right. Uh, and the change in her physiology was phenomenal. So that, now that's something we don't have time to talk about here. Mm. But of course, you know, at this stage, just be mindful of the type of approach you're using, the style, and then start to refine that. And again, if you come and spend more time with us, you'll be able to learn the specifics of each of these different four areas. And then the last thing is just connect with them. Give yourself the chance. This goes back to being present. But as you start to talk, talk with them. Don't talk at them. Connect with them. Understand what they're saying and how they're saying it. And try and find a path through that conversation that allows you both to dance a little bit. It's not a conversation where your words are, are, are swords clashing, but your words should be two people having an amazing Spanish dance, for example. A salsa says a little bit of push and pull or it might be more graceful like a waltz so think of your words as a dance and that's how you get the connection and if you do that i think what will happen is the conversation will become more meaningful and you'll see a difference in their reaction to the subject that's amazing so that's getting technical and like you said well there's 38 components yeah. so what i'd say is look if you really want to master this and you really want to say okay how do i get anybody to listen to me whenever I want, however I want, then it's just a case of mastering these 38 components. I think that's the, that so many students have now gone on to do this and they share their case studies with us. And, you know, what matters most in people's lives, above money, above all those things, it's their household. It's the relationships with their kids, their family, 
their partners. And I think if we ha- all have the tools and the techniques to just have open conversations with our partners and children and family members, especially family members maybe we haven't spoken to for so many years and we don't know how to open that communication up again. I think it's just a phenomenal thing to be able to do rather than stay quiet because they won't listen to me rather than fall into that trap. If anyone listening to this, as you're wrapping up there for harms, if, if they're thinking, you know, I don't want to fall into that trap again. I want to have some of these tools that you guys are talking about. I think on the Instagram page, we've got the 38 components in like one minute videos from memory. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So if you guys go to at drrow.tv on Instagram or just find Dr. Rowe's page on YouTube, there's 38 components all there in one minute chunks, which gives you a quick understanding of what yes. all of those elements are. Alternatively, if you want to look at the component wheel and say, okay, I want to look at the diagram where Rose diagrammed all of these components out, head to drrow.tv forward slash CWI. So it's drrow.tv forward slash CWI. And you'll find out information on the 38 components there as well. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think that's as far as I want to take it today, because a lot to absorb. Just go back over those steps and start to be mindful, be present and be more observant of the conversations. Break the pattern and start asking different questions. That's a great way to re-trigger, re-stimulate somebody to listen to you more. Agree. I love that. So what can we leave? Because we've dived into some some slightly more complex things there where we're talking about communicating with impact, the 38 components, pulling some of those out. And, you know, the most technical one there is asking meaningful questions, which seems simple on the surface, but actually it's a process and it's it's a skill set that once you master it, it's just amazing. You can really connect with people like you've never connected with them before. So that's some nice complex tools they can use. But what are some, as we close out this podcast, just maybe one, maybe two things that we can leave the listeners to go away and start immediately so people immediately start to listen to them and actually get themselves heard. And through that, it's not just a case of getting themselves heard, Ro. I guess it's also, I want this person to listen to me so we can connect, so we can you know, bond over a specific topic or subject Mm. or come to a compromise about something, whatever that is for you listening at home, what can we leave the listener with? Well, it's within the the stages I've just talked about, but one of the best ways for somebody to listen to you is for you to listen to them first, be present with them. Because if somebody, it's a little bit like a a pressure cooker, take a pressure cooker and you you start to heat it up with water in it, it's going to build up the pressure and it's going to want to let it off. The minute you take the lid off or release the pressure valve and the steam blows off, and there's no more steam left inside. That's like somebody wanting to communicate and get their message across to you. So just learn over the next couple of weeks to be present. Don't be judgmental. If you're in a conversation with somebody, actually just allow them to talk and talk and let that conversation run its course from their perspective. Because there'll be a point where they've squeezed the sponge, you know, they've let the steam out and then they go and they start to suck up again. And they'll go, what do you think? That is then your opportunity to share openly your thoughts. And because they've asked the question, what do you think? Then it gives you a chance to talk to them. So be present, ask a question, allow that person to talk. And then hopefully it'll lead to what do you think? Or having finished the conversation, they've said what they said and they kind of there's a moment of silence. You could say, um, I have an idea. Do, do you want to hear my thoughts on this? And then that they go, yeah, actually, that would be great. You're giving they're giving you permission then to to come back into that space. So be present. Don't judge and allow the opportunity to arise where you can then share your words. But choose your words carefully and make them meaningful. That's awesome, Ro. And if okay, shall I leave the listeners with something for myself? Yeah, yeah, no, please do. It's great. I think it's anything that we can give them at this stage to go away because it might be something that more resonate with you than me. But either way, as many tools as possible in the space we've got. 
Awesome. So mine is linked back to, you know, my semi rant on social media and just being aware of what's getting triggered when we're using it that, you know, that feeling of significance. I want likes, I want followers, I want comments when I'm not getting it. Why am I feeling so frustrated? Why am I continuously going back to the app if it's not giving me so no significance why am I spending so much time there so I think just firstly just be aware of this phenomenon just understand how social media companies work just remember that you don't pay for that service so the customer may not be yourself you know that's I don't want to go into that here and you know we're just wired in a certain way you know it just happens automatically sometimes we're not even aware of it even I sometimes well I'm looking at Instagram I just open it and I just want to see how many people have looked at my Instagram story and I have to shake myself so why am I looking at this story just to see how many people have looked at it it's just so you know the way they've built these apps psychologically is extremely powerful and it just depends on what side of the fence you sit here but the problem is it's not healthy when you're doing it every single day so I guess what I'm saying is just again like Ro said break the pattern of communication and the environment you have with that form of communication. And in this case, I'm talking about speaking to people or putting out your voice onto social media. And I think just maybe take a break from the regular check-ins. So what I'd say is number one, and I've done this myself on regular occasions, when I think my behavior or interaction with social media is now no longer healthy or it's coming along the line of being unhealthy, I do this two simple steps. Number one is I move my app into an annoying folder on my phone. So I've got an iPhone, I'll plug it into a folder on like the fourth screen within my iPhone. So it's really difficult to get to. And number two is I switch off all the notifications associated with that app. Very simple. That's what I do. And often, you know, it sometimes takes a day, two days, and then I'm suddenly not even going onto the app at all. I'm now looking around thinking, okay, maybe I need to have a conversation with Gina. What's she up to? Have I asked her a question about this recently? And I think it just naturally plays out because this yeah. phone, this the, these apps are wide in a way that we won't even be able to comprehend. We Very just don't true. know what's in that black box. That's one for me, a bit of a practical one as well. And anything else to add, Ro, before I sign us off? No, I think we've also picked up on some great subjects which we can pick up on future podcasts as well. And, and I'm hoping that we've hit some really sweet spots for people. And if it's any of this has been a vulnerable spot for you or, you know, there's been a sense of tenderness and you, it's been a subject you've not been able to confront in the past. My hope is that what we've gone through today is, first of all, made it obvious why it's happening, but also giving you some tools how to deal with it as well. Most important thing is don't take it personally. Remember, they've got a lot of conversation and think about the sponge and maybe they just overwhelm themselves and you've got to find a different approach to help them clear some space to listen to you. That's the most important thing. Awesome. Absolutely. So as always, everything we've discussed here today, the bullet points, the links, the references will be on the show notes at growthtribes.com forward slash podcast and for those interested in communicating with impact just head to drrow.tv forward slash cwi so growthtribes.com forward slash podcast for the show notes thank you again for listening in this has been a phenomenal topic thanks ro and this is myself and ro signing out we'll see you on the next one Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, 
You can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.